Exodus 13, beginning in verses 17. That's the key verse, but we'll read verses 18 and 19 as well. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country or Palestine, through the Gaza Strip. Though that was what? Shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds or repent, some of your translations say, and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt armed for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. Father, I pray for this next half hour that we would be uh, solidly into your word, Lord God, that we would uh, have our hearts here. We would take notes. We would listen. We would apply all that we will hear today in our lives. Many people need to hear what is about to happen here. Don't let them just be caught up, Lord God, with all the festivities that have happened so far and thinking about the international foods, Lord God, and, and, and even the sermon tonight, the service tonight. No, let them be fully, holy, wholehearted towards this sermon that they would become better Christians. And those that aren't Christians, Christians, we ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody together said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The title of my sermon for today is Detour of Duty. How many have been in the service? Uh, did you do your tour of duty? Uh, they call it the tour of duty. My little nephew is currently a soldier and he's was getting ready to go to uh, Desert Storm down in, you know, dealing with Sodom and Sain. And then my little nephew, he's, you know, here from the neighborhood. You know, though he's not, he's not a, he's not a, it wasn't a, a, a cholo, so he wasn't from the neighborhood, but he grew up, you know, in the neighborhood. And he wanted to go down Hussein. He wanted, he said, let's go. You know, that's the way soldiers are. And he's serving his tour of duty. The title of my sermon is Detour of Duty. I think it's a good title. I like this title. So I'm driving it home. Now, the Bible says that God led Israel out of Egypt with his strong hand. Out into the promised land. But why did something that looked to be so promising, so quick and so easy, why did it take so long? We've studied, and if you really study, they say 40 years in the wilderness and the desert. No, it was 38 and a half if you get, you know, if you get technical. But yet, if you put it all together, yes, it was 40 years. 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Why those disheartening 40 years in the desert? Why? See, Israel, they left Egypt with so much hope and, and full of enthusiasm and faith. So why not allow them to go directly into the promised land on with the momentum that they had left coming out of Egypt? Coming off so great a powerful a victory as leaving Egypt after 380 years. Now all of a sudden, they're free. The Bible says it happened in one day. Suddenly, suddenly they were free. One day they were making bricks and mortars and stomping on the ground and all of a sudden they're stomping towards the promised land in one day and we talked about momentum right on, on, on last Sunday night why weren't they allowed to go straight to the promised land see once you read the scripture it seems as though the Israelites and Israel is always having to do things 
the long, hard way. Some people got to learn the hard way, brother. Uh, that's the kind of... Anybody home? The hard way. But even the history of the Church of Jesus Christ, we find also that it can also be said that we also have a pattern. That even you and I, as individuals, the church, the Jews, you and I, that we believers as well, my friend, we also seem to always have to do things and obtain the promises of God the hard way. Not by the easy road, but rather, my friend, through the long road, the hard way. The Bible says here, the way of the wilderness. It's always been like that with me. I stayed in the home two and a half years. And the Bible says one day in the home is like a thousand years. It sort of says that. Uh, can you imagine, I mean, two and a half years in the home. Uh, I mean, God always like, seems to get me personally, but I think many of you can identify with this, and just strain me, strain me, strain me. And after he's got everything from me, then he takes me to the next step, to the next one. And that involves years, and evolves into years. Of time and turmoil and trials and temptations, tribulations, but preparation. Fit for the kingdom of God. Now, in the portion of scripture that we read here in Exodus chapter 13, the children of Israel have just come off, like I mentioned earlier, a great deliverance, a great victory. Their camp is full of high hopes and fond faith. We're out of here, Jack. Let's go get them. They're full of high hopes. They're full of faith. Look what God did. Let's go to the promised land. See, their level of courage and confidence was at an all-time high, especially in the last 380 years. Are you with me? Their courage level is at an all-time high. See, nationally, as well as individually, they felt secure. They felt protected. They felt God had come through for them. God is with us, Emmanuel. They felt that they were ripe and ready to be taken straight to the promised land that was said, said to be flowing with milk and honey. Take us as a corporate body. Many years ago, I preached a sermon called A Land Bowling with Milk and Honey. How many remember that? We were leaving our place where we were and we were going to the bowling alley. We didn't make it. We finally ended up getting a building for two years, two and a half years. Then we had that woman took over the, you know, as our... What do we call her? She was like a predator, not a proprietor, not a creditor. She was a predator, that lady. We said, we got to get out of here. And we still haven't got a place of our own yet. The way of the wilderness. Ah. See, but as Israel left Egypt, fear and danger and difficulties were the furthest thing from their minds. Again, they would only ask to be taken straight. Go directly. Do not pass. Go, go directly to the promised land. Do not pick up $200. It's all right. You're going to be all right. You'll, you'll have plenty of milk and you'll have plenty of honey. Uh, they wanted to go to Canaan's fair land right away. Straight through the Gaza Strip on into Philistine territory to Palestine. They had the bones of Joseph. I read that scripture with them. And they were ready to bury those bones back in the land of Shechem in Palestine. But as things turned out, my friend, and we all, most of us know the story, those bones may have well turned into dust before they were really finally buried there in Shechem. See, as the crow flies, the actual journey from Egypt to the promised land of Palestine is only about a hop and a skip. 
11 days journey with all that army, with all that mob. That's all it would have, really would have taken. It wasn't that far. Uh, about 11 days, tops. So they left Egypt with early enthusiasm. Uh, like people when they get married. This is going to be the greatest marriage of all time. Early enthusiasm. Kiss me, honey. Early enthusiasm. The way of the wilderness. You wanted to get married? No get too. Ah. They left with promise, promises in their heart and praise in their lips. Hallelujah. We're headed to the promised land. Now, they certainly didn't leave Egypt with the thought of perishing in the wilderness. Not at all. They had high hopes. See, upon leaving Egypt, once any and all armies would march up a few days, when, when an army would leave Egypt, they'd reach what is also called today the Gaza Strip. The Gaza Strip. It's a key portion of, of territory. If you look at it on the map, it's very key. Gaza has always been strategically a piece of land for armies to march through and to go by. Thus, my friend, though the way leading up out of Egypt to Gaza would have been heavily marked and heavily traveled as any large road of today or any large freeway. Gaza was quite naturally the first point and the first position any invading army would strike on its way from Egypt to Syria. Gaza was a key position. Napoleon had conquered it on his way through Egypt on his way to Syria. Alexander the Great had conquered it from Syria on his way to Egypt. It was quite a door. It was quite a link. That's why it's called the Gaza Strip. It was very well fortified. It was a key position. But many roads led right up through Gaza. Many roads. It was like a freeway of today. It was easy to go and to get there. Okay? Going through Gaza was the closest way and the natural way from which you go from Egypt to Palestine. If one was to judge things geographically and naturally. And how? Naturally. Does God do things naturally? Uh, uh-uh. He does it how? Supernaturally, by faith. Moses, now being the great leader that he was, he understood this. He wasn't stupid. Moses was a great leader. He knew the natural way, the easy way is through Gaza. So why go through the strange detour? Through the untracked desert. Why turn away from the well-marked path and the highway that would be traveled by many and most? Right in through Gaza. Where people, well, you know, where does God say that God builds his highway programs? In the book of Isaiah. Where? On the mountaintops. And we've studied this before. Anybody can build a freeway down on the Pacific coast. Real easy. You can just follow the valley. doesn't take much. But to build a freeway, like God says, God builds his freeways, his highways, where? That's not easy. Imagine having to take all your bulldozers up there. Having to carry, you know, by backpack, everything up to the top of the mountain. Get your dynamite and the top of the mountain. God's not an easy God. God does things the tough way. Do you understand that? See, in Exodus chapter 8, verse 17, it says there that, look at it. Look at the way God does things. 13, 17. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was the shorter route. For God said if they face four, 
they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Now, besides not following the quick and the easy path to Gaza and into Palestine, human nature will tell you that once an army or an individual has been out marching and maneuvering and on maneuvers, and when they've been there a bit too long, that his courage and his morale begins to easily wane and break, break down. See, armies are made to fight. Go take that, you know, uh, Calvary Hill. Go take Pork Chop Hill. Let's go. But when an army is always marching purposelessly, not doing nothing, just marching and having maneuvers and not doing nothing, they lose their morale. They lose their, you know, their, their discipline because they're disciplined soldiers. Their will to fight. See, the enthusiasm of even, you know, the best disciplined troops will begin to wane. Give a soldier his fighting orders and take him straight and directly to the battle and he'll give you the heart of a lion. Did you hear me? Give a soldier his marching orders, take him straight and direct to where he was supposed to fight and he'll give you his heart and it'll be a heart of a lion. But if you weary these soldiers and you wear them out by marching and marching and just marching only with no battle, but only purposeless wandering. Even a soldier will become like a sheep. Yeah, he will. They will murmur, complain, and rebel, and eventually even desert. They will. They'll desert. Thus Israel was a prime candidate to desert in the desert. Spelled the same way. Uh, Israel was a prime candidate to desert in the desert. Sometimes that's why a lot of people backslide and go home and ah, nah, nah, because they can't take the way of the wilderness. Can you take the way of the wilderness? I pray that you can. I want to see you here 10 years from now. But you got to be ready. That's the way God does things. I'm telling you today, I'm preaching to you today about God's MO. God's method of operation in your life and in our life. Now, I want us to look at two reasons why God, knowing all this that I've explained to you, He knew all about that. We're going to look at why God himself chose the way of the wilderness for his chosen people. And he didn't take them up the easy road. He didn't take them directly to go fight. Why was the discipline of the desert better than right away the promised land? Number one, the first reason, I'm only going to give you two. Number one. Number one is mentioned there in Exodus 13, 17. It says there because the Bible says, they wouldn't have been able to handle the sudden danger and the fierce fighting they would have quickly encountered. They were not yet ready for the battle. We've seen the song, make ready for the battle. They weren't ready. They weren't fit for the kingdom of God. Are you fit for the kingdom of God? Are you fit for the kingdom of God? Are you fit for the kingdom of God? Ah, God's preparing us. See, in the great love found within the mind of God, he chose to take them round about, the Bible says, by the way of the wilderness. Lest they repent once they see war and return to Egypt. That's what the Bible says. That's reason number one why he did this. See, church, listen to me. Listen to me good here. Sometimes the shortcut is the wrong way. Sometimes the shortcut is a trap. Did you hear me? It's a trap. You're not ready for the battle. But I want to get married now. It's better to marry than burn. 
the Bible says. I want to be in ministry now. I can handle it. I can handle it. I can preach. I want that job, that promotion right now. I want that house right now. I like that car. I like that sister. I want it now. The shortcut is often a mistake. Did you hear me? Sometimes the long way is often really the short way. The shortest, excuse me, the shortcut can sometimes take us into dangers and difficulties we're not ready to face. The short way, the way of Gaza, sometimes, my friend, can take us into a place right into the trap of the enemy. Look at Matthew 25. Matthew 25, verses 7, 8, and 9. I preached a sermon on this years ago, I believe even at a conference. It was called Strawberry Shortcut. Some of you have heard the tape maybe. I preached it out of this text. Strawberry Shortcut. I was telling the leaders here today that if I was in heaven when God gave out vitamins, I would have raised my hand. And I would have said, God, no, 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 not in spinach. Can you put all the vitamins in strawberry ice cream? I'll be big. God doesn't do that all the time. Do you have Matthew 25? Verse 7. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are what? Going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell and buy oil. And buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to what? Buy. The bridegroom came. See, what the other five foolish virgins were trying to do, they were trying to cut corners. They didn't want to pay the price for the oil. They didn't want to listen to long sermons on Sundays at 2.15 in the afternoon. No. No. I'd rather stay home and watch hockey. I'd rather, you know, they didn't want to pay the price. It's worth paying the price, people. Besides, I'm not that long of a preacher in comparison. You don't know the difference until you go to a conference or a convention. Ah. See, we need the oil, my friend, because when the bridegroom came, they didn't have the oil. And you know what that uh, parable is talking about? That's talking about character. And it's saying that character cannot be exchanged. My friend, when the enemy comes in like a flood, when the devil comes knocking your door, you can't call Pastor Steve and say, Pastor Steve, can I have some of your oil? Pastor Steve, can I have some of your character? I gotta tell you what the Bible says. No, if you didn't come and pay the price, if you didn't study the Bible, if you didn't pray on your knees, if you didn't listen to the sermons, then my friend, you ain't got no character. I can't exchange my character for your character to your character. You either got it or you don't. You want character? Do you want character? Then listen to the sermon. All right. I hope I got you now. You got to pay the price. I don't know if I should go to church today. Get over there, hombre. You want to go to hell? I don't. And I don't want you to go to hell either. And I don't want other people to go to hell. Let's go on. That wasn't even in my notes. Somebody's Shando. All right. Let's go on. We're halfway there. No, more. See, in hindsight, and in the great love of the mind of God, Israel was actually saved from a worse danger than that of the discipline of the desert. 
and the wanderings in the wilderness. They thought, man, this is hard, the wilderness. These, these long sermons, oh, this is hard. They were saved uh, in the long run. See, Israel wasn't an army. They were a mob. They weren't soldiers. They were slaves. Yesterday, they were slaves. They weren't soldiers. You can't turn slaves into soldiers like that. So God's infinite love, he took them the long road. See, their mindset was not that of the military man, but that of the submitted slave. A lot like us, Victory Outreach types. We're like that. Oh, I was in prison. I was... You were a slave, bro, to drugs and gangs, your neighborhood, your girlfriends, your player, you. Uh, you were a slave to this thing. I hate drugs. No, you don't. You're going to get me loaded today and real loaded. Okay. See, we come out of the slave. Can you identify with that? We have a slave mindset. Don't take me to church. Okay. Get over there. Uh, we listen to this thing. God gave us this to listen to us. You're going to take me to church. No, I don't want to. Get over there. Get in the car. Put in the keys. Get in some gas. We're going to church. Shh. But a lot of us are like that. We have the slave mentality. We couldn't go right away and have big churches, big victories. It wouldn't be God. See, had Israel taken the quick, fast track to Palestine, they would have had to deal with the well-fortified and trained army of Gaza. I've already told you Gaza was well-fortified. It was a key location. The people, the army in Gaza, the Philistines were ready. Not just anybody, Johnny come lately to come over here and take over. But we want to go fight. We want this now. We want it now. No, not yet. You're not yet fit for the kingdom of God. Israel would have been eaten up like sheep led to slaughter. Remember that? They were sheep. Even, a, even an army that's been out there for a while can turn into a sheep. See, war would have taken the heart you know, out of Israel quicker than the desert. I said a mouthful right there. War would have taken the heart from Israel a lot sooner than the desert would. Look at Hosea chapter 11, verse 1. Hosea 11, 1. We're moving fast here. I better slow down the way of the desert. Hurry up and finish the sermon. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up and finish the sermon. Nah. We're going by way of the desert today. By way of the wilderness. Right, let me tell you something. I feel this church getting stronger in spirit. I thank God, I thank God for that. Hebrews 11 one says, when Israel was a what? Was a what? I better wait, because I still hear some of you waiting for Hosea. It's the first book after the major prophets, the first minor prophet book. A lot of prophets that does you, huh? <laughs> but I've often told people, what's a joyful noise unto the Lord? I like that. Okay, you all have it now, right? Hosea 11 verse 1, when Israel was a child, in other words, it's early stages when it came out of Egypt, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. See, that's how God did it. Because he loved them when they were babies. And he led them out of Egypt. But he didn't take them because of his love straight to Gaza, straight to Palestine. But the way of the wilderness. See, what God was doing was protecting the birthing of a nation. I said a mouthful. I said a mouthful. That's what he was doing. He was tenderly weaning and training and protecting his chosen people. Though things look bad. Though Israel 
knew not. That's what the Bible says there. Israel didn't know what was happening, but God did. He says, like a waning child, I brought the... When my kids, they didn't know what, was, what I, we used to do to them when they were growing up, but we did things purposely. You know what we did with our kids? When they were still in their mother's womb, we used to play Christian music for them. And on them, yeah. I mean, we, always, we took care of them. A lot of things they went through they don't even know. But, but we know what we did in order to get good children that know how to act like Richard. Victory outreach. Our, 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 we have humble beginnings. It wasn't easy in the beginning of our ministry. It was very hard and difficult. That's why I like that song and I was talking about it today to our leaders. When that Pastor Tommy from Colorado wrote about Pastor Sonny and Julie. He says, there were times that it would seem we would never reach our dream. Two hearts holding on to a promise. What a beautiful song, huh? But there were times when it would seem we would never reach that dream. But there was two hearts, Sonny and Julie. You and your wife holding on to a promise. And how about some of us as individuals? Some of you weren't given this blessing or that position or that husband or that wife right away because you're not ready for the battle yet. See, we were not yet fit for the dangers of Palestine. Yes, that made, you know, that, that way seemed shorter, it seemed a lot quicker, and yes, some of your secular worldly friends had taken that highway of marriage and promotion before you, but God's better way for you and I was by way of the wilderness. Hold on, how come they get married? Hold on, Harold. Uh, hold on. Yes, you could almost see and taste the milk and the honey of the promised land. But God took you roundabout through the discipline of the desert. God had your shortcut cut short. Did you hear me, Fingles? God had your shortcut cut short. Those of you that want ministry, he'll cut it short. You ended up an ex-slave, now a new recruit, on a detour of duty. That's what you are. You're on a detour of duty, but he's making you into a soldier. Some of you know what that certain dream or promise was in your own personal life that you thought you were ready for, that you thought you'd go straight there and reach that certain place right away. Man, I'm going to be a minister. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to be this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to be this. And I'm going to be a Bible study leader. I'm going, to, I'm going to be that. Well, you ain't all that. Yet, you're on a detour of duty. See, God had to take you through the way of the wilderness. Remember Lot thought? Lot thought the grass was greener over here. No, it wasn't. He ended up all messed up. And Abraham was obedient to God. See, in hindsight... You see the love of God all over your past. Some of you that wanted this and wanted that. But when you look back, you say, man, I thank God I didn't get that right away. The second and final thing regarding why God often takes you and me and all of us by way of the wilderness rather than straight to the promised land is that even if Israel could have taken Palestine right away, gone straight through Gaza and taken the Philistines, taken them out, even if they could have conquered the Syrians, they really couldn't have been able to conquer themselves. Even if they were able, even if they would have had all kinds of 
you know, visionary leaders that had gone right through and conquered the Philistines, conquered the Syrians, conquered the Palestinian land. They wouldn't have been able to conquer themselves. They really couldn't have been able to conquer success. No novice can. Sometimes success is your own worst enemy. Look what I did. Victory outreach Hayward. That's my church, my church. Shh, boy, shh, we go above and beyond the call of duty. Bah! <laughs> See, Israel would not have been able to overcome the pride of promotion, the savor of success. God was creating a nation, and he knew that, like with Victory Outreach, uh, they needed, first of all, the discipline of the desert. Did you hear me, Victory Outreach? God's creating a nation here. God's not birthing a, a tribe. He's making us into a nation. And we need to understand that. To go from a slave to a soldier is no easy task. And God understands that. You cannot turn a mob into an army overnight. Anything of value, what have I said before? You have to pay a price. The way of the wilderness is always the best and even the shortest route to your promised land. The long way sometimes is the short way. A lot of us say, wow. And I'm going to talk about this real quickly and when, I, when I speak at the, the men's Mighty Men of Valor. I'm not going to speak there, but I'm going to teach a class. But I want to talk about this, because they wanted me to talk on church growth. Well, I'm going to use this and tell them why we don't have big churches yet. Because we had a church in one of our foreign countries. They got real big. They hit 1,200. And the pastor, man, they had to make about three doors for his head to come in. That's the truth. He's not with us no more. Because his, his head was big, his heart was small. Especially in loyalty towards the ministry that God had saved him and touched him under. Uh, see, big churches wasn't quite yet good for our ministry back in the days. It was too dangerous. Too soon, too dangerous. And that's what happens. See, we often need more the discipline of the desert, the discipline of disappointment, rather than the power of promotion. Yes, we do. Now, I believe we're positioned for growth now. That's why I believe God's doing this now. But we need to understand what I'm preaching about here today before God can give the increase. See, and here's the key. Here's the key. Here's the key to the sermon. God's job is not really, first and foremost, to give us the promised land, but to prepare us to be able to handle and to keep us in the promised land. That's the bottom line of the sermon. His job is not to give us the promised land. It's to prepare a people fit for the kingdom of God to be able to handle the blessings of the promised land. Huh? That's, that, that's what his job is. Christianity is not merely about possessions, but about having the quality and character to have and to handle possessions. Huh? You don't need a Cadillac till you can handle a Cadillac. You don't need a husband till the husband can handle you. I want to see who's awake. Uh. <laughs> you know, I wake up every morning in my house, and I think my wife feels the same way. I hope my children do. I hope so. But man, I thank God, because some of you have been in my house. And it's, what a blessing. But you know, 
I, I believe I can handle it now because we used to live in a barn. Well, we did. Uh, we used to live, oh, it was a garage on top of a barn. So it was both. Converted barn into a garage, into a house. Uh, for years we lived there. So we understand what it's like. Uh, we had to go by way of the, the barn. See, the whole thing comes down to this, church. Sometimes in Christianity, the long way is really the short way. Uh, there is no shortcuts to character, to Christianity. Strength is produced in the strain. See, more often than not, the long road is really the short road after all. The shortcut, the road that looks so good and so easy, may end up being more costly than you're fit and prepared to pay. I got to read that again. I wrote, I wrote that purposely. This goes right along with my sermon. Listen to this. The shortcut, the road that looks good, Uh, that looks so easy may end up being more costly than you are fit and prepared to pay because God wanted to get Israel fit and prepared to handle the promised land that's what he's doing with you God wants to bless you God wants to bless you but you need to prepare yourself for those blessings to be fit for the kingdom of God and all of its manifold blessings in your life and the prosperity he wants to bring your way because he wants to do that. Sometimes in life, my friend, you'll have to turn your back on the quick and short and easy road and travel by way of the wilderness. For your own good. See, for your own good, we need discipline of the desert. We need a discipline of disappointment. And we need to see the true values in the way of the wilderness. And then be willing to pay the price. So church, sometimes we'll need to take a detour of duty in order to be fit and ready to be able to claim our promises and our promised land. Uh, now remember with Israel, as with us, God was created nation, not nomads. Did you hear me? God was creating and birthing a nation, not a bunch of nomads. God wanted stability, not a bunch of mobility. I'll go to this church. Man, they want money there too. I'll go to this church. God, the pastor has some money there too. God's into stability, not mobility. God's birthing a nation, not nomads. You need stability and security in your life and your children. It gets to me, and this is in my nose, but let me just vent this real quick. It gets to me when people just leave the church like nothing. God. They don't even consider their children. They don't even consider their, their family's future. No, 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 the pastor hurt me. No, hey, did I hit you? Man, listen to me. I love you people. I love. But sometimes love does hurt. Yeah, I'll admit that. Uh, but God's birthing a nation here that we are all a part of. Victory Outreach International. That's why we don't have big churches yet. Though we're getting there ourselves. That's why we're hanging out in caves. We hang out in, you know, what do they call those? Storefronts? But someday, God's going to say they're fit for the kingdom of God. Now nah, they're ready for the blessings. I want every head bowed and every eye closed, please. A detour 
of duty. This happens corporately, organizationally with the church, but it also happens individually. Some of you have been single quite a while. You know why. Be honest with yourself. Some of you haven't been involved in ministry as you want to be and as you desire. You certainly know why. God's been taking you by way of the wilderness, preparing you for the promised land, the blessings that he wants to give you, that he has in store for you. But sometimes, the long road is really the short road. Sometimes I shut up because I let the Holy Spirit just talk. I trust that he was talking to me right there. You know who you are here today that God ministered to. I'd have to say this sermon was right up your alley. Because sometimes God will take you by way of the alley rather than the, the big road. But that's where he prepares you, the backside of life. Where you think nobody's watching obscurity but then he'll take you under greatness he'll take you under the Golan Heights through the Gaza Strip through the Red Sea through miracles with every hitter's body every right close I want to pray for those of you that say Brother Steve this sermon was right up my, my freeway because it hit me in my alley and I want you to pray for me I'm beginning to understand more of the method of operation of God in my own personal life and where I fit in his kingdom and that's the key word fit fit he's preparing you to fit in the kingdom of God Israel did and victory outreach will and you will if that's you here today and you want me to pray for you from all over this place, I'm going to ask you very quickly to slip up your hand and quickly put it down. If God ministered to your life and you want to be included in this prayer, this is my last call. I'm not going to beg or plead with you any anymore today. I'm going to redeem the time. Anybody else, God ministered to your life and you want to be included in this prayer. You haven't risen up your hand yet, but you want to do so now. Quickly lift up your hand and quickly put it down. You can put it down. God bless you. God bless you.